Welcome to the Hacking Your Health podcast with Ben Canning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. back again I actually thought yesterday I was like yeah, every time I'm like oh we're doing a back to back it's like I've been having recorded a podcast or released a podcast in ages like what's been going on um I'm Ben Canning <laughs> we did it right this time I'm Dave Kennedy yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is hacking your health so what's going on how's your weekend ah weekend was good man I uh I decided for some stupid reason to do what's called a dry triathlon and uh and so, you know, I have my normal kind of routines that I do, which I'm very comfortable with. But uh, one of the, the trainers at uh, Orange Theory was, you know, like, why isn't Dave doing this and all this other stuff? So, of course, you know, me, I'm like, I, you know, I'm not competitive at all uh, when it comes to this. So I decided to go and do a, a dry triathlon, which consists of a, a 2000 meter row. It's like a 300 rep uh, weight, weight, weight room block. So you're doing like everything from like burpees, push ups, you know, um, split squats, those types of things. You do that quick, and then you got to do a, a 5K run. Um, so I did that on Sunday, and I was actually kind of mad because, um, like, the front desk lady told me uh, it was going to be at uh, 6.45. So I woke up at, like, 5 in the morning to make sure I was all ready to go, and I pull in the parking lot at 6.45. Ain't nobody there. You know, there, there's nobody there. I'm like, ah. Oh. I look at my, my, my thing, and it says 7.30. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I literally took a nap in my car right before I did this triathlon. But, uh, no, it, it went really good. Uh, rocked it. Um, came in first, which is awesome. So I was able to see, I did the 2000 meter row in like six minutes, 33 seconds, I think. And then the gym was probably like around eight to nine minutes. And then the run I did in 18 something minutes. So, uh, it was, it was really good. Uh, you know, I did a good accomplishment, but I'll tell you something. So I did that. I got, I got done at say like, you know, I was after everybody, you, you wait there till everybody finishes and you kind of cheer everybody on and everything else. And then, uh, I think it was like eight thirty. The rest of the day, man, I was wrecked. I, I, I must have taken like three naps. I was at my kid's basketball game. I think I fell asleep once. I was just trying to pound like anything I could from like a car perspective to give me some energy. It was not helping at all. I was just, I was wrecked. <laughs> yeah, you, you do not do well with getting up early, especially when you have to get up early. And I think it's probably the first time I've heard of a, a pre-workout nap. Yeah. <laughs> it helped out. Though. I was literally just put the thing down. I was sleeping in the parking lot, set my timer for 7.15, woke up, walked in, and did a, did a dry triathlon. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, more party. It's not something that I would ever um, be stupid enough to agree to do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Well, how was, your, how was your weekend? You didn't do a dry triathlon? No, I didn't. Not this weekend. Um, I'm saving myself for doing the charity 5K, actually. Uh for next week, I was laughing during the week because in my head, I was like, okay, for full disclosure, for anybody who's listening, I do not run at all. I'm not very good at it. I don't enjoy doing it. Like, it's just not for me. So anyway, long story short, we're in a, we're doing a charity 5k, um, for innocent lives foundation on Saturday. I was like, right, I need to do some sort of training for it. Like I need to, to you'd be able to do it. And I got to about three weeks out and I was like, if I start running now, I'm going to hate it so much that I'm going to put myself off. So I'm just going to turn up on the day <laughs> and hope that I can make it to the end. But no, no cardio this weekend. Save myself for next weekend. And it, my body was just beat up yesterday um, from from the power building. I just I thought I'd better listen to it and not um, not put myself in any sort of jeopardized position to wreck myself before I beat you in the 500 pound deadlift. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you that. Well, first of all, you're not beating me at the 500 pound deadlift. I got my uh, full America with an eagle romper ready to go um, to, to wear for, for my 505 pound try uh, on that one. But uh, I'll tell you, you know, when I first started the program, I was kind of iffy on it. I'm like, I don't know about this. But, and you start to go through it and you realize how much volume you're doing with the warm up sets and when you start to do the rest of them and like everything from like the pause deadlifts and things like that. It's actually, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And it is. Um, Definitely hit. It's 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 very different than what I'm used to. It's very different than I what I normally would have done, and you know it's a nice it's a nice different you know group. And I'm definitely sore. Definitely feeling it. Definitely feel strong. 
Um, I think it's it's doing its intended uh, intended thing. So I'm so far so good. I'm mine too. But I I, I agree, man. Yesterday was my my day off uh, day off uh, when I didn't ran the dry triathlon. Um, but um, but today I'm looking forward to hitting the hitting the weights again. I got I got my squat machine built this weekend as well. So um, that only took listen. Rogue Fitness is phenomenal. Like they make the best <laughs> equipment, over engineered steel. It's it's you know it's it's ama- it's powder coated. They're, they're amazing pieces of equipment. The instructions were made by Satan himself. There's no question about it. Like you literally need to be like a a scientific engineer or something like that to put these things together. I must have rebuilt that thing 15 times to get to the point to where like I got it all together. I'm like it's done, and then the thing's wobbling back and forth. I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me! So I had to take like a half of half of it apart again, and then basically adjust the thing so they can go down one notch. It was such a, a nightmare. It literally took me eight hours, and. I literally um, have had nightmares about assembling rogue <laughs> equipment. That donkey, that reverse donkey, took me eleven hours um, for the reverse. You needed to stop, stop buying gym equipment then. Whoa! But whoa, if rogue, whoa, if you're whoa. listening, we if rogue are listening, if anybody from rogue is listening, we adore you and we will absolutely have an affiliate link, no problem at all, <laughs> as long as it comes with someone to, to build it. Yeah, I, I was on the phone with one of the guys because because. They don't tell you that they have one of the pieces assembled. So I'm like, for like an hour and a half, I'm looking for these two parts that aren't there. I'm like going through boxes. I'm going through trash cans. I'm looking everywhere. And and you look on the tutorials online and YouTube, it shows like, you know, th- these guys getting this, this box and, and it's a separate piece. Well, they don't tell you that they've, you know, changed the orders and they just, you know, now attach it to it automatically. So now, so I'm, I'm on the phone with Rogue. And I'm going through everything and, and finally figure it out that it's attached to the thing. I'm like, Hey man, uh, any chance, you know, you guys are out of Columbus, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're out of Columbus. I'm like, any chance you come here and help me build this thing? And so he, he got a good kick out of it. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad it's built. I'm not ordering any more equipment anytime soon, uh, at least till next week. And, um, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, done, I'm done building stuff. But I'm looking forward to that that, that squat machine. It's uh, it's really nice. It, ke- it takes all the, the strain off of your lower back, which is, you know, my problematic area. And, uh, you yeah. know, it gets a really good uh, focus and isolation on the quad. So I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, cool. Perfect. Right, so we're going to continue off um, our last podcast on nutrition. Um, I think this time around, we probably want to give some more like actual real life actionable tips in terms of how to make adjustments, how to structure your food throughout the day, what different sort of foods to eat, and actually sort of give a bit of advice in terms of like how you can actually go and do this without us just talking about macros and talking about, you know, numbers. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, what's, what's really cool, um, about all this is that, you know, nutrition, I mean, again, we're not nutritionists, we're not claiming to be nutritionists. You know, these are our foods that are are healthy and proteins and carbohydrates. And what we start talking about macronutrients and micronutrients, you know, um, these are things that, that, that you can eat on a regular basis that give you a fuller feeling, um, you know, as well as keep you fuller for longer. Right. And that's, you you look at some of the, the diets and I know I'm not supposed to use that word here, but you know, the, the reason why, Keto kind of works um, for some folks. By the way, there's a lot of long-term studies in that that just recently came out about um, the detrimental health impacts of keto. So be careful if you're doing it long-term. Um, Not even that. It's you know the detrimental health uh, the detrimental health implications, but also how much abuse you will take because people will know that you do keto. So that <laughs> I think in itself is worse. <laughs> well, listen, hey, you know whatever we can try to do, I guess to to, to get us better, but. Uh, you know, the, the thing with keto is, you know, if you look at the breakdown between calories, between carbohydrates, fats and proteins, fat inherently has more calories per gram of fat versus carbohydrates and protein. So, you know, the more fat you eat, you're actually eating more calories, but you feel fuller. So the why, you know, the theory behind keto is, you know, you're, you're putting yourself into ketosis, which, you know, converts, you cause your body to convert fats to, to, you know, energy. Um, for for fat burning because you don't have carbohydrates as a source of energy and um, you know you're you're burning all this fat. Well, you know with with keto, you know it's still calories in versus calories out. So a lot of people don't um, lose weight off of keto because they're still eating too many calories, and it's easy to do if you're eating so much fat. So when we talk about macronutrients, macronutrients, um, and Ben could go way better than I can on this, uh, but macronutrients are really three key categories, right? We're talking about carbohydrates, your energy, fats, really kind of the, the oil for your body and everything else that kind of keeps it going. You need fat. Uh, fat's not, not is um, good, but it's not good in high quantities because it has an unlimited store. So you can continuously add it on, obviously continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then protein, which is 
what's used, you know, for, for protein synthesis, which your body breaks down into amino acids, which allows you to then, you know, build muscle. So those are the three things that we're going to be focusing on and talking about, you know, how do you structure food in a way that allows you to get the things that you need for your body um, in order to accomplish the goals you want to. And before we get into it, I just want to give a shout out to uh, an, an, an individual in the security industry. Uh, his name is David Maynard. And uh, David reached out to me uh, a few, about a month and a half ago, just saying, hey, I'm looking for some advice. You know, what do you think? And I sat down, I called him on the phone, talked to him for a bit. He read my Medium post on, on um, you know, hacking your health and kind of what I do from a nutritional perspective and everything else. And uh, he's lost 26 pounds in a month, uh, just going off of I that. Saw, I saw, I think I saw you liked it on Twitter. Absolutely amazing. Isn't that incredible? That he's actually just taking control, took your advice, and actually just went and done it. Yeah, it, that that is absolutely amazing. And, you know, everybody's like, well, what did you do? And I loved his response back. He said, I didn't diet. I'm not dieting. <laughs> I'm literally counting my calories, keeping myself in a deficit, focusing more on protein-centric goals. And I'm actually exercising and doing the right things. I'm doing weight training. I'm like, dude, like you literally read and, and followed what you're supposed to do. Like, that's it. That is literally it. You got it. And I'm um, just yeah. so, so happy to see his progress and others too, you know, that, that have gone through this. But, you know, when we look at this, it's, it's literally, if we talked about this in the mindset thing as well as well, you, you, you'll see it as a, a general th theme, but listen, you know, this is calories in versus calories out. Make the conscious decision to count calories today is the first thing you do like nutrition and getting, you know, your food down pat and what you eat is, is the first thing you should do. Agree. <clears throat> and just to sort of touch on, I think I want to try and give a, a simple explanation of each macro. So people have a, an understanding of it. Protein and fats are essential macros and carbohydrates are non-essential as in your body can survive without them. So that's why there's so many diets that, We'll just take them out and that's why it's, you know, it's easy to get rid of protein. If you think about it in terms of like our muscle tissues are made up of protein. So that is why it's essential. Fats are essential mainly for hormone production and like keeping your, I guess, keeping your shit together and um, keeping your hormones balanced and carbohydrates, although they're not essential, they're the body's main and most readily readily available energy source. And that's probably the easiest way that I can explain them without trying to get in super in depth with them. Um, as you know, and as I've said before, you know, calories are always the main focus, proteins the next and fats and carbs can be made up in whatever way that they want. And I think just to sort of reiterate the point, um, you know, not dieting is probably the key because you don't have you don't have that restriction you don't need to you know overly complicate it and i think that's probably what the majority of people do they overly complicate it and then what happens is whenever they realize it's complicated or whenever something throws them off they just absolutely lose their mind and they go back to square one whereas if you have a a sort of plan to just count your calories and get a better understanding of food what it's made up of and how you can manage it better then that's going to set you up long term for success and just to sort of touch on what you were saying about the fats as well this is an interesting one that we could probably touch on um protein and carbs are four calories per gram fats are nine calories per gram so you can see how it would be easy to over consume calories by eating lots of fats because they're over twice as many calories per gram and um, with that being said they do play a part whenever we're trying to increase calories so i would always look at that you know whenever you're going to come to me in a couple of weeks whenever i've put your calories to over four thousand calories you're like look i just can't get it in I will start to recommend things that are higher in fat. So whether it's, you know, nut butter or, you know, more oils or coconut oil or things like that, that are low volume, but high calorie that will allow you to get your calories in on the way up. The flip side of that is on the way down, if we start to take those things out. So say, for example, I tell you to add some oil to your cooking, you know, 15 milliliters of oil or whatever it is to your cooking. You'll not notice that in terms of the food volume, but it will give you that, you know, maybe 120, 130 calories on the way up. The flip side of that is when we start to take it back down and you take that out, you'll not notice it. So it's not like missing a big meal or missing a big part Smart. of your meal on the way up or on the way down. So that's one thing that I'll always try and do whenever we get to the stage that we're pushing calories on the way up. And the flip side on the way down, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not just going to talk about muscle building or fat loss, you know. I would always recommend on the way up that you try and structure a lot of your meals around low volume high calorie and the flip side and the way down 
low calorie, high volume. Um, and that's sort of how I would look at it on either side. Yeah, I, I want to emphasize one thing. That, well, first of all, I learn something new every time I talk to Ben, uh, which is uh, this is unshared. You know, like, this is a journey for 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 everybody, right? You know, we're always learning, we're always you know, doing things new. But you know, I've never been to a position where I'm eating 3,500 calories. At least I, I probably have, obviously, because I was you know morbidly obese. But I've never been in a position where I, I understand that I'm eating 3,500 calories a week, and I'm going to be pushing 4,000 calories as we go along. In fact, uh, just yesterday after the triathlon, I. You know, what's nice about having like a, a trainer like Ben is I can send him pictures of like days where I'm feeling awesome, you know, and I send him a picture. I'm like, hey, dude, look at my abs popping. And he's like, that's awesome, man. How, you know, what's your weight at and everything else? And, you know, it, it's it's crazy, you know, but I'm, I'm getting to a point now where 3,500 calories is a lot of freaking food. I mean, it's a lot of food. I mean, you should see when I go to the grocery store, how much protein centric food I have in, in the thing. I mean, I got I got like eight big things of greek yogurt you know i got you know like four things of milk i got you know all this stuff and a whole bunch of carbs too you know carbs are great um but uh i think i actually broke 400 grams of carbs yesterday by the way and still within my macro content and hitting 250 grams of protein so it was like the best of all worlds my fat was down i think to like 40 grams so it was it was perfect um so uh and I had, uh, by the way, I had a, a cake, uh, which, you know, was was not a cake, um, a, a cookie thing for, you know, we had some, some friends over, but all within my, my calorie content. So it was perfect. So um, but one of the things that that um, I think is is important to note about one what what Ben said is that, you know, the reason why diets fail is you it's very they're very difficult to stick to long term. Right. So you have these ebbs and flows where you're kind of on the diet, you're off the diet, you're on the diet, you're off the diet, then you're off the diet. Right. And there's no framework for you um, to really control that 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 unregulated, not off of that type of, of diet. That's why, you know, whenever I would do a diet, for example, um, and, and I would, you know, I remember I was doing Insanity uh, with Sean T, the Beachbody stuff. You know, I was working out five days a week because you know cardio is the way to go to lose weight, right? Uh, which we learned is not necessarily the the facts. Um, and you know, I wasn't controlling my eating and everything else. I would, you know, lose maybe 10, 15, 20 pounds and I'd gain 20, 30 pounds back. You know, this, this, what we're talking about nutrition and what we're talking about, uh, from a, a calorie counting perspective are tools that are necessary for you to adopt in order to be successful long-term. And, and, and it's just, it's just, it just works because you understand what you're eating. You understand what you're putting in your body. You understand the breakdowns. And so getting into breakdowns, um, you might be thinking, well, where do I start from a macronutrient perspective? When we talked about the last podcast is, is understanding first what your total daily energy expenditure is. So if you didn't listen to the last podcast episode, I'd heavily recommend it. Um, go to you know calculator.net, look up your total daily energy expenditure, and then you want to be, if you want to lose weight, you want to be in a small deficit, You know, anywhere between, I would say, what, two to 300, Ben? Is that, that typical where you'd start? Go percentage based. I would do maybe ten to fifteen percent of your calories, um, because you know if you have more allowance for calories, then the two to three hundred might not cut it. Um, or if they're, you know, if you're a smaller person and you have less amount of calories, the two to three hundred could be, you know, twenty five thirty percent. So I would go ten to fifteen percent based on what it gives you as a number. And I linked the all the cal- all this everything that we talked about in the last podcast. I linked in the show notes the calculator.net and whatever else and the. Uh, the, the protein ad, the, the, it's Taco Bell. The Taco Bell protein ad, <laughs> protein, protein. My kids, <laughs> my kids love that. <laughs> protein. I like protein. But yes, ten, about ten to fifteen percent. I would say anything more than that is like a, I would say it's 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 not too big, but it just it wouldn't be something you could do long term that would be sustainable. Um, and I think that you need to sort of build it around something that's sustainable long term. Yeah, and um, and so. You know, when when you take that, and it's the same thing for for gaining weight too. Ben, ben would you recommend ten to fifteen percent surplus if you want to gain weight? Yeah, I would start with ten percent. Um, and I think this is something that I've realized, and I, you've maybe heard me talk about it in the in the group call a couple of times. Whenever we get to the stage that we start to push calories, it's almost like you feel like, well, people in general, and I have been a victim of this as well. Like, you feel like you've got this free pass because you're like, oh, I've got all these calories. Like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go and do whatever I want. Whereas I almost feel like you need to be as strict if not more strict with the margins on either side because if you're going to a place where you're starting to push calories and bring calories up if you start to go beyond that too quickly your body won't be able to process and handle it quick enough and you'll end up adding too much body fat tissue too quickly which is going to jeopardize number one the length of time that you can be in that sort of muscle building phase but also 
this potential shit show that you're going to have to deal with on the way back down to try and lose all the extra body fat. So I would definitely say maybe start with 10% and very, very gradually bring it up on the way up and monitor, you know, waist measurements, photos, body fat levels in terms of like visually. Um, and then, like I say, you know, gradually bring it up. I think we do maybe 100 calories per day, per week, maximum, absolute maximum. And it doesn't need to be something you increase every single week just for the sake of increasing it. Yeah, and, and you would know Ben because I mean I saw the picture of you the other, you know uh, at the club or whatever with your drinks when you were super young and you just you're you're a rail you know you're you're tiny yeah, yeah. and uh, to to what you've accomplished now and I think that's the thing is you know this is a, a journey either way whether you're skinny or you're you're overweight you know it, it's a gradual progression that's why you know when people are like oh hey just eat 300 calories a day and you're gonna you know lose all the weight well that's that's not sustainable you know 10, 10, 10 to fifteen percent as Ben had said. And do it gradually and slowly over time. Adjust, you know, accordingly based on how your body's responding to things. And and same thing going up. You know, when I first started with Ben, my calories I think were at like twenty one hundred or twenty two hundred or something like that. And yep. we went down a little bit, and then we went up, you know, because I was, you know, um, at a position where we, we were building muscle. And I was actually looking at a, a thing from uh, there was uh, Chris Hemingworth, uh, who plays Thor, uh, who who uh, envy his arms. I want the Thor arms so bad. Good one for the the Thor stunt double. That's why we've been training. That's right. I got I got the hammer right here whenever he's ready. I got the hammer right here whenever he's ready. Um, but uh, for for the Thor arms, uh, you know what his trainer said was, you know, if you're looking to to look like Chris Hemingsworth, which you know that, I think that would be an awesome goal to have someday. Um, but uh, hell yeah. Um, but uh, you know, he said you you need to be in a caloric surplus. He's like, you need to ensure that you're eating enough food, that your body has enough food. To be able to put on that muscle, and but do it, to, to, but to do it gradually and slowly, so that you're not having a massive byproduct of fat, right? And that's where a lot of I think people that are trying to just put on bulk muscle really kind of fail at is they, you know, they, you know, they they go the six thousand calories, seven thousand calories, you know, and they're just putting on all this fat with the in, you know intention of someday you know you know shredding that, which you know if you're if you're getting into a um, a bulking and cutting phase, you're going to lose a lot of that muscle um, as you're as you're cutting, especially if you do a drastic cut like you you had done before, so. You know, it, it's this gradual of of just keeping a little bit of a surplus so that you don't put on a substantial amount of byproduct, but giving your muscles and your body enough nutrients to be able to maximize growth of those muscles. And again, remember, if you're if you're overweight uh, and you're looking to lose weight, you want to be able to do weight training because it's going to increase your calories. It's going to make you look better. Um, you know, the more muscle you have, the more calories you burn. Um, it's going to increase your metabolism. It's going to increase your strength and agility, and it's going to make you look better um, and confidence in yourself. So weight training is extremely important, um, and and it, it's just not mentioned enough. Like you literally can do no cardio, do weight training, be in a caloric deficit, and be fantastic. You know, like you you know, like that's that's literally. Now, I'm, I'm, again, I think you should do cardio. Um, you know, I think it's it's fun for me. I enjoy it. It's good for your your heart and everything else. But literally, or hell, I mean. <laughs> You, even you can even take out weight training and just do caloric deficit and lose the weight. Right. Um, so yeah. 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 yeah I think it, again, it just comes down to the, the overcomplication of everything. Do you know what I mean? Like weight training for me will always be something that I would recommend because I have felt and lived the benefits again. Obviously it's different for me because I started as a very skinny person um that, that photo honestly. um <laughs> hey. but yeah i started very skinny. i actually want to touch on i don't know if i've ever told you the story about whenever i was in like my first ever muscle building phase i remember it clear as day that my post-workout meal it was like my my one post-workout meal as it's due bad self was 2500 calories for the meal oh my so gosh it was <laughs> it was 250 grams of chicken so that's raw weight of chicken it was i don't know if you have over there like the the microwavable packs of rice so they're like little yeah. pouches yeah. so two two of those jasmine rice so 250 grams of chicken two microwavable packets of jasmine rice two pop tarts two bagels cut with i think it was 50 grams of jam and a banana it literally took me 50 minutes to eat it <laughs> from start to finish and you can imagine like after quite a heavy session sitting down to eat that yeah. is not in any way shape or form pleasant no. but the lesson was learned that you don't need to do it that way <laughs> um so yeah it's obviously different for me because i came from a very skinny place and i always wanted to well truth be told i always wanted to be heavier it was never a case of being bigger and i learned my, learned my lesson on that one as well um but yeah with the calories and stuff you know either way 
number one, you don't need to complicate it. But number two, as long as you have a plan and you're sort of making small adjustments on the way up or on the way down, it should be sustainable. Um, I don't like, I, I don't in any way really like the term bulking because I feel like it brings a lot of negativity. Yeah. And it's like you said, people just like, I just imagine someone eating like, you know, two 20 inch pizzas being like, oh, I'm bulking. And I'm like, okay, right. You maybe in the six months that you've been bulking have put on 40 pounds, but it's maybe like two and a half pounds of muscle that you're going to have to like go from that one extreme right down to the other. And there's no need to do it. Like as we're doing, like you're living proof of we're actually doing it right now that you're still visibly lean. Your strength is going up, your calories are going up and we're building muscle as we go through. Like your measurements, I laugh every week. I'm like, how can your waist continue to get smaller and your biceps, chest, shoulders, quads, calves all get bigger? Like what is actually going on here? But it's just the sense of it. And we've just absolutely nailed like where we're at in terms of the calories and the output perspective. And, you know, I can't, I can't fault it enough or I can't fault it at all. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's the small increments that we've done over time rather than me just deciding four months ago, okay, right, well, we're going to go from, you know, 2,200 calories to 4,000 calories. We'll definitely put on weight then. <laughs> we would have, but you would have looked entirely different. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, I, I, and this is, this is a, a trust factor with me too on the whole mindset front, which is, you know, if you would have told me I was eating 3,500 calories a year ago, I would have told you you're effing crazy and I would have canceled my membership. And I, you know, because <laughs> I wouldn't have trusted myself of being able to handle 3,500 calories, right? Um, you talk, you mentioned Pop Tarts. I had a Pop Tart the other day and I did not feel guilty. I'm like, it's perfectly with, you know, I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm crashing here. I need some simple and complex carbohydrates like right now. You know, uh, you know, like I need the energy for to do it. And it's within my calorie content to go and do it. So I did it right. And there is some things, obviously, with with processed or refined sugars that, you know, you shouldn't sit there and overload them. It's not it's not great for you. But, you know, immediate, you know, quick sugars. It's not you know, it's all in consumption of, of quantity. Right. If you're drink, doing too much of anything, alcohol, whatever, it, it becomes a problem. But, uh, you know, one thing I remember I remember asking you, I'm like, listen, yeah, this is probably six months ago. So I'm like, Ben, let's let's do a hard cut. Like I, I'm going to do like a hard cut, like 1500 calories just to see if I could do it. And and I think I think your exact words in the check in were you're an effing idiot or something like that. It's, it's something to that effect. Right. You know, it's like it's like, first of all, you know, and you explain you are like, listen, you know, what will happen is you're going to one, lose some of the muscle that you've built, you know, and second, you know, you know, you, you when you when you cut that much you're going to be kind of upset with yourself of how much muscle you may not have got, been able to get to yet because of that cut. Um, and, and so he's like, let's just do it gradually, slowly go up. And, you know, everything, like, as you mentioned, my, my waist is going down, my muscles are growing, my measurements are up, you know, and where they need to be. Um, you know, my weight is just either steady or gradually increasing slowly over time as I, as I gain you know, gain more and more muscle. So, you know, it literally is a journey one way or the other, uh, based on what you're eating and those, those small increments are really important to know. It's not extremes one way or the other. If you didn't lose a pound or two one week, don't shave off 500 calories, maybe adjust hundred calories. Remember that's seven days, hundred calories, right? That's 700 calories. Now that you're not eating, that's a big difference, you know, spanned over time and, and let that sit in for a week or two to see how, how your body adjusts to it. Right. And a lot of times it's undigested foods or, you know, bowel issues, you know, things like that. I remember when, I first started eating more higher protein diets. I'm like, Ben, I just gained freaking 10 pounds in a week. He's like, you didn't gain 10 pounds. Your body doesn't know how to adjust to, to 200 grams of protein. You know, it's it's just, you know, give yourself some time for your body to adjust to it, um, to get used to it. And then, and then from there, start to look at the deviations. Yeah, I totally agree. And that is something that is, I think there's no memo in that, that once you get to a certain stage of your your body or with your protein that your body's just like ah, ah, not happening and i think i remember doing that as well i used to so whenever calum used to do mine he used to basically just set me a per meal protein goal so it was like 40 grams of protein and he was like right we need to take us up to 50 grams of protein across five or six meals that was a lot and my body was just like nah this isn't happening <laughs> so i had to take it back <laughs> i had to take it back down to 40 but again you know it's a it's a trial and error thing do you know what i mean like like with anything um i think it's just you know i i now know that there is a, a limit to how much protein my body can handle and I'm, I'm well aware of that like i don't need to go to super high amounts like if i can get that sort of 200 to 250 gram mark it's it's more than enough um but i think the the main thing about what we've done is we've taken the time both ways and the sort of like you talking about the the mini cut there or the the extreme cut it can be done and yes you know 
it would get you from A to B. But I think the biggest mistake that I have made or the biggest regret that I have made in my own training is not actually committing to a long-term gaining phase. Like, you know, I'm talking like six months to a year or more. If I had have done that a couple of years ago, I would be much bigger than I am now and not have to continue to go through this. But what would happen would be I would get three or four or five months into it and I'd be like, oh, I don't have a six pack anymore. Like I need to cut here. And then you're back down. So you're just like up calories, down calories, up calories, down calories. Whereas if I just had a sucked it up for a while and stayed relatively lean like when i said i don't have a six pack i wasn't totally shredded i probably had like four and a half abs because i don't really carry body fat on my front thankfully but if i had committed to that long term the first time around i would have been in a much better position now like i would have had a lot more muscle mass than i do but it was a, a sort of vanity metric more than being like right well what am i actually trying to achieve long term here and that's sort of again my experience being able to relay that to you being like we can't do it but you may regret it because we're in a place that we're pushing food, we're pushing strength, we're building muscle. Let's really commit to that until the end of the year. Um, and I think just the way that we sort of mapped it out coming to the end of this power building phase, really pushing calories, and then we'll sort of reevaluate on the flip side of that. I think, number one, I'm excited to see where we get to the calories, but number two, I'm excited to see, you know, how much muscle we've actually built whenever we start to bring it back down again. Yeah, and that's the most, that's the exciting part about stuff like this is that, you know, we're, it's not really even experimenting with our body. It's it's having long term vision of what we want to accomplish in both of our bodies, and 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 putting the things in place to get there. So, you know, we talked about surplus and and deficits. You know, how do you even start? I guess with with macronutrients and getting a baseline. So now you know your total daily energy expenditure. You've calculated it with calculator.net. You're going to go in a deficit of let's just say you know five to ten percent or ten ten to fifteen percent, depending on what you're comfortable with. Um, you know. What I would generally recommend, and, and Ben, feel free to, you know, con, you know, combat that or, or agree or whatever. Um, but you know, typically, what you're looking at to do is, is there's a metrics used for for muscle mass of what your body needs in order to ensure that you have enough protein throughout the day in order to um, build muscle at a optimal rate. Um, what we call protein synthesis. Now, there's a recent study that came out. If you listen to the Huberman, Huberman Labs podcast, uh, obviously we're gonna get I gotta get him on here. Um, on the Huberman Labs podcast, um, protein synthesis is most optimal in the morning time frames now, uh, apparently. So a lot of people would be drinking a lot of protein at night. Turns out, and again, you shouldn't not saying you shouldn't drink protein at night, but turns out that protein synthesis is most optimal in the morning levels when your clock, your overall uh, human base clock that you have internally, um, is between you know 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. typically for for protein intake. So you know it'd be good to get a good protein centric uh, meal in the morning. Um, you know I usually do protein a combination of protein and carbohydrates for energy, uh, depending on what I'm doing. But the general barometer for uh, how much how many grams of protein you should be getting a day um, is one gram of of protein per pound. However. If you're already substantially overweight, that doesn't mean you should be getting 300 grams of protein. So if you're three, if you weigh 300, it doesn't mean get 300 grams of protein. A good um, measurement there would be to get uh, one gram of protein or 1.2 grams of protein per centimeter of height. That is that is generally the the um, recommended range if you uh, if you're overweight to, to calculate based off of height, and that should give you a good baseline of how much protein you should be really be getting a day in order to ensure that you're maximizing um, uh, growth and muscle um, and breaking down your macronutrients appropriately. So once you have your protein measurement, then you start to look at, well, how does my body feel with fats and carbohydrates, right? And then breaking that down into your total daily energy expenditure calorie intake that you're on from a surplus perspective. So for me personally, I'm on 3,500 calories. I've actually dropped my percentage per day of protein down because my calories are so high. So I'm at the 30 to 35 percent uh, uh, general of overall 100 percent of, of how many I, I have a day for protein. So I'm trying to get into the between 200 and 250 grams of protein per day. Um, and then, you know, I, I basically break up carbohydrates and fats, being more centric on carbohydrates for energy. So my, my daily intake for 3,500 calories is going to be, you know, 200, 250 grams of protein, anywhere between three to 400 grams of carbohydrates, and anywhere between 40 to 100 grams of, of fat per day, um, typically is my breakdown of what I look at. Yeah, the way the way that I would break it down, if I were given the like a full macronutrient breakdown, number one, the the one gram per pound of body weight, I think the actual like the true 
measure is one to 1.2 grams yep. per pound of lean body mass now obviously that's a shit show to try and work out by yourself so you know it can be difficult if you're a person that knows that information and knows how much lean body mass you have or how much body fat you have you can work that out backwards based on obviously your total overall weight if you want to get into it i think generally i mean what you're saying about the height thing that would put me if it was one gram it would put me about 187 grams so it works out that works out for me um so what i would do is calculate the total overall calories that you're going to have based on whether it's you're in the deficit or whether you're in the surplus you have that total for the protein so you know if it's 200 grams of protein it's going to be 800 calories because they're four calories per gram what i then do with the fat i'm going to do this calculation now so i don't fuck it up and i have the right numbers um so what I would do then is I would always go like 0.4, between 0.4 and 0.6 grams of fat per pound. So if I'm 220 pounds at the minute times say 0.5, it's going to give me 110. So that would be on the upper range. And then you multiply that by nine because it's nine calories per gram. And then the remainder is your carbohydrates. So that's what it's, that's where you make up the difference. So Total calories minus the calories from protein minus the calories from fat are going to give you, you know, a total amount of calories. And then you divide that by four and that's how many grams of carbs you would get. And that's the way that I would adjust it. One thing that I would note as well is, you know, on the way up or on the way down, I would play about with that carb number if you are looking at the sort of specific macros, because it's the easiest one to sort of manipulate. And like I said at the start, you know, protein and fats are essential. Um, so, you know, for example, if I... I obviously don't know because I just give you the numbers in terms of calories and protein. But this week, if I increase your calories by 100 calories in my head, what I would think is that's 25 grams of carbs that you're going to add in. And I would recommend that you add those in somewhere around your workout, either before or after. Um, again, obviously, it's it's totally entirely up to you, but that's how I would personally do it. Yep, that makes sense. And so when we talk about foods, like someone might be thinking, well, how the hell do I get 150 grams of protein or 200 grams of protein. We hit on this a little bit on the last episode, but when you start to look at what we call whole foods, and yes, you can absolutely supplement with with protein shakes, uh, things of that effect, right? And there's certain times where protein shakes make a lot of sense. Like for example, post workout, you know, getting um, easily digestible protein into your body um, is is a great thing to to maximize, you know, the repair aspects of of, of the damage that you do from from weight training. <laughs> so I'm gonna yeah. just say a protein shake. And some form of cereal is the optimal post-workout meal. And I correct me if I'm wrong, anybody feel free to reach out to me and tell me any differently. But it's what I've had. I'm actually looking at a picture. There's a picture on the side of my screen here of me holding a box of Cocoa Pops. I know you don't have Cocoa Pops. We have, we have Cocoa Pops. What are you kidding? Like, we have Cocoa Pops. Uh, but Cocoa Pops and Cocoa oh, Pops are pops. different. Cocoa Pops. Okay, I don't know what Cocoa <laughs> yeah, Pops yeah, yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But basically, it's you know this is this is what I've had my entire training career as a post workout has been a protein shake and different amounts based on what I'm trying to achieve anywhere from sixty grams to two hundred and fifty grams of this incredibly delicious cereal. My thought process behind it is number one, it's delicious, so it's going to get you through any workout because you know you're going to get it after. the The reason that I would recommend easily digestible foods is because if you think of what happens whenever you're training, so say for example, you're training legs, number one, you're not gonna be in a, in a position that you're gonna wanna sit down to a big meal of like chicken and potatoes or chicken and rice or whatever it is, because it would make me wanna throw up. But if you imagine what you're doing whenever you're training, all the blood is flowing around the muscle groups that you've just trained. So there's no blood in your digestive system to actually digest the food properly. So something that's easier to digest is gonna be optimal. What I would always recommend is, you know, don't go down and don't get your meals straight after. Take some time to let your body sort of settle and get into that sort of rest and digest state. Have something that's easy to digest. So, you know, a protein shake is already liquid. It's going to be easy for your body to process and digest. So there's no issues there. The carbohydrates that you get from the cereal is, you know, it's as close to sugar and glucose as you're possibly going to get without eating sugar. Um, and again, you know, from a, 
a lightness on your stomach. Do you know what I mean? It's a light meal. It's easy to eat. And then what I would say after that, about an hour after that, you would have your your actual meal of chicken and, and potatoes or chicken and rice or prawns and rice or whatever. I've been having the, if anybody's in the Discord server, I've been having that prawns, rice and pineapple meal, which is absolutely delicious. Um, but I would have that about an hour after I have my protein shake and I have my cocoa pops. And again, I stand by it. Some sort of protein shake and some sort of cereal, optimal post-workout meal. Anybody who has anything different to say, I will fight them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm very similar. I um, So I, I my my vice or my reward is Lucky Charms. Uh, as a kid, you know, like Lucky Charms were always a thing. And it was always something that I, I put myself away from because... You know, it's like, oh, it's horrible for you. It, it, it's What's interesting, if you look at Lucky Charms versus the healthy brands of cereal, they're basically the same, same macronutrient breakdown for the most part. It just has some delicious marshmallows in it. So, um, you know, so that, that's my, my post-workout as well. So I'll do I'll do a bowl of cereal with uh, with Lucky Charms and a protein shake on the side. I, I do my protein shake first, and then I um, have the Lucky Charms with milk. You know, um, I use um, – it's called Fair Life Whole Milk, less sugar, more protein. I think it's got 13 grams of protein per cup, so it's it's pretty nice. Um, and I do that. And um, I have mine together. I, I have my protein. Yeah, you're, as yeah. The milk I can't. I can't do that. I don't know. I, I feel like it messes up the taste. <laughs> well, yeah, I have chocolate protein and chocolate. That makes sense. Like, that makes sense. So it's like double chocolate. double chocolate. Yeah. See, I'm not a huge chocolate yeah. guy to be honest with you. I, like, I, I I never had a problem with chocolate. I'm not a big chocolate person. But that the the cocoa pebbles, uh, dynamitized ISO 100 stuff is is incredible from a protein shake perspective. But you know that that's my mine as well. And um, you know, also think about uh, protein from a a whole foods perspective. You know, how much does a, a, a whole chicken or a, a chicken breast have in it? Was it 24 grams of protein? Yeah, I would say if you're going like, obviously depends on the size of chicken breast, but if you're going like a regular size chicken breast, that's like maybe 120 to 160 grams, you're probably talking 20 to 25 grams of protein. Yeah. And then you take steak, for example, uh, a uh, eight ounce filet, for example, has like 45 grams of protein in it. A 10 ounce has like 70, you know, a 12 ounce has 90 um, you know, if you can eat that much meat, um, but, uh, you know, pork loin also fantastic from a, a protein perspective, eggs, obviously from a protein perspective, be careful on the eggs because they do have a ton of fat in there. So if you're looking at your macronutrient breakdowns, you know, it may bust you a little bit Then you could do uh, egg whites more so from that side. Um, you know, so, so protein from those types of sources are fantastic. And what I typically do, um, is I'll also, um, eat, uh, things like Greek yogurt, for example, uh, Greek yogurt, I use the, the light and fit. Um, it's 80 grams of protein, 12 grams, I'm sorry, 80 grams of calories, um, or 80 calories to uh, 12 grams of protein. Uh, so I'll usually, you know, eat two of those, uh, which is 24 grams of, of protein on that. That's, that's a whole chicken. Basically you just eating two things of, you know, uh, uh, and it's a little, you know, nice and sweet. So it's you know, like it gets you on the, on the sweet tooth side of the house, uh, cottage cheese, cottage cheese is actually made up of, of what's called casein. Uh, which is, um, a slower digesting protein. So cottage cheese at night is really good because your body, um, digested at a slower process. And the, the theory behind that, which is not proven is, you know, that, that, um, it allows protein throughout the night as your body's repairing, uh, to allow for, you know, better, better recovery and things to that effect. So, you know, when, when we talk about getting protein in, I mean, if I want to, I have no issues getting 300 grams of protein a day without supplementation of, of protein shakes as, as a, you know, maybe I'll do one protein shake, um, per day is typically where I'm at. I usually do two scoops for 50 grams of protein, um, right after a workout, um, just to ensure I have enough, enough protein there, but I typically don't supplement anything else throughout the day, just based on the whole foods that I eat. Except the, the nine protein bars that you eat <laughs> per day. No, I think, I think that's a good point to touch on because 99% of people struggle with hitting a protein target like that is the people like, I can't hit my protein target. I don't know how to do it. And I think if we break it, well, when I break it down, it usually makes a bit more sense to them. So say, for example, you have to hit, we'll talk 180 grams. Okay. I would always say if you need to supplement with a protein shake, have a protein shake. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not the end of the world. It's easy. It'll tick the box. It'll get you over the line in terms of your protein. Like if you're saying you can't get 180 grams of protein and you're eating 150 grams, have a protein shake. You're there. Easy. Done. So what I would say is you look at that 180 grams, you say you have a protein shake, it takes 30 grams off. What I would say to that is that's going to take you then to 150 grams you have left. The 150 grams in, you just need to look at your meals and split it across your meals. Now, I would tend to favor three meals and a snack as a very baseline. Like I would eat maybe more meals than that, but whatever way you want to break it down. Three meals and a snack for me would be breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then 
as Dave said, you know, either a protein bar or some Greek yogurt. So you have the 180 grams total. You have 30 grams taken away from your protein shake. So you're left with 150 grams. And then you have four meals to split that over. So 150 divided by four is going to give you like 37 and a half grams per meal, which is easy. easy. So, yeah. So, for example, say three eggs in the morning. And I'm just talking off the top of my head. So please don't anybody come to me saying those numbers were wrong. You got it wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. Say in the morning you want to have three eggs, three whole eggs and 100 grams of egg whites, that's probably going to hit the 35 gram mark. If you have a bagel with that, there's 10 grams of protein in a bagel. Now, it's not the it's not the primary macronutrient, but it will count towards your protein goal. Then you're going to have, say, for example, a chicken breast that's going to give you 25 grams of protein. Say you have one and a half chicken breast, that'll take you over to the 30. And then in the, may, in the evening, if you want to have, you know, prawns would are a good or shrimp sorry um a good lean protein source or some sort of white fish or if you want to go down like um extra lean mints or turkey mints or something like that you know if you have 250 grams of extra lean mints or turkey mints that's going to take you 40 45 grams of protein so if you break it down that way and then sorry your snack that's going to be you know greek yogurt's going to give you 20 grams protein bar is going to give you 20 grams the tip about the scoop of whey in your greek yogurt as well put it in the freezer it's like protein greek yogurt freezer ice cream deliciousness and um, it's good if you throw actually some fruit in it as well but anyway different story for a different time and um, so yeah that'll break it down so eggs in the morning three whole eggs 100 grams of egg whites then you're gonna have you know one and a half chicken breasts in the afternoon um have your whey protein shake after you train if you're training have it whatever way you want it um and then in the evening you're gonna have say you know some sort of beef or some sort of turkey or fish or whatever it is and that's going to give you a varied range of protein sources as well so you're not always getting it from the same source because each protein source is built up with a different amino acid profile um so it, it, it ticks all the boxes in my eyes yeah no that's a great breakdown of, of everything that you could potentially do and you think about it when the way ben, ben broke it down yeah one protein shake and then spacing it out between four meals and trying to get any between 30 to 40 you know grams of protein per minute that's easy you know throw some broccoli throw some you know brussels sprouts uh, asparagus is high in protein spinach you know from a veggie perspective you know those all can add up into those 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 grams of protein that you have from veggies as well so and you know and obviously you know if you're vegetarian um, there are plant-based protein shakes and supplements and things to that effect that might spike that up a little bit as well. Um, it's, it is a little bit more difficult, obviously, on, on plant-based diets, but it is absolutely still maintainable. Um, but it, I would say on that, this is so this leads into the conversation probably about supplements at a different time. But obviously, there's big chat around BCAAs and EAAs. The only time that I would straight off the bat recommend either number one, I would recommend EAA over BCAAs because they're infinitely better, but if you have a plant-based or, you know, if it's vegetarian or vegan or even pescatarian, that you're not getting a lot of varied protein sources from like whole food sources, supplementing with EAAs will definitely do you favors because EAAs by name are essential amino acids. So it'll tick the boxes that you're not potentially getting from eating meat or whatever it is. I'm not against it. I mean, feel free to do you, but that's the only time that I would recommend them straight off the bat. Yeah, and my understanding of, of essential amino acids and, and branched chain amino acids or BCAAs um, is that essential amino acids um, also incorporate branched chain amino acids as well. Um, and yeah. what it is is basically when your body goes and breaks down protein via you know uh, via proteins for to, to amino acids in order to repair the muscles, uh, you know, muscle damage or to instruct your muscles to build, um, you know, to, to grow larger or to get stronger. Um, those amino acids are essentially what's the byproduct of that protein breakdown. So when you're ingesting essential amino acids, your body's ba it, it's, it's basically its rawest form as possible that can be used immediately to repair or to, you know, build muscle in your body. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, if you're not, you know, if you're not getting enough protein, you know, supplementing that with essential amino acids and things like that can absolutely make it better for you in order to ensure recovery, muscles, you know, strength, growth, all that good stuff for protein synthesis. Yeah, I think we will knock it in the head with the supplements chat there because we will go down a rabbit oh, yeah. hole. But I just wanted, I just wanted <laughs> to. I was showing our, our, our pills per day uh, over the weekend and it's <laughs> ridiculous. You know, there's no reason to do what we're doing, but uh, just experimenting and playing around with obviously over-the-counter uh you know, things that probably make zero difference whatsoever, but, uh, you know, at least we're trying them out. So there is some science behind yeah, it. I think, well, there's, there's, I have two skills of thought on it. Number one, you know, it's that pyramid. So supplements are on the top and I feel like, you know, we both tick every other box yeah. on the way up. So it's fine for us to be like, right, we want to optimize this. We want to make it that 1% better. 
whether it's actually working or whether it's a placebo, we will never know. And actually a good point, um, I don't know if we've mentioned this in the podcast, but something that Jason put back to me, that the way that he would sort of test out supplements is he would get the, whatever it is, say for example, the, is it sleep, superhuman oh, sleep? Yeah, the superhuman sleep, alpha. yep, yep. Yeah, so he, he got it recently and he, he did the full tub, which I think was maybe 30 days. And the way that he tests out whether he finds it effective or not is once he finishes the initial tub, he then stops taking it and see if he feels any different. Now, with that, he did say that he felt the difference, so he went back on it. And I think that's a good way to do it rather than, oh, now I'm taking this, I automatically feel better. It's it's sort of the opposite where you sort of take it away rather than, you know, and I'm the same. You, if you recommended something to me, it would be ordered straight away and I would just start taking it because you've you've listened to a podcast <laughs> and someone recommended like that, so the Huberman, the uh, sleep one. Yeah. But um, yeah, so magnesium. The supplements one, the supplements one will be a totally different, a totally different story. Yeah, and that's the important part too. Is is like nutrition and getting out and putting in the work in the gym are the two most important things you could potentially do. Right? Supplements are not going to give you a clear edge in any way, shape, or form. When you're already doing the nutrition, you're getting the macronutrient breakdowns, you're understanding your body, um, and you're going in, you're putting the work at the gym. The rest will follow. And supplements are something that are like, hey. Maybe I'm deficient in a certain area because of my type of diet, uh, you know, that my, the type of food that I eat. Uh, or you're trying to optimize certain things in your life based off of that. Like, um, you know, one of the supplements I take is is uh, magnesium. And there's a certain type of magnesium. I think it's like L-acetal or citrite or something like that. Anyways, it it, it, it gets past what's called... We'll put, the, we'll put the link in the description because yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't know the name It's called it. neuromag <laughs> magnesium. But it, it um, the, the biggest part about it is is magnesium is... is um, one of the critical components for your neurons to fire in your brain for, you know, brain activity and things of that effect and regeneration and everything else. And so um, this type of magnesium um, basically bypasses what's called the blood brain barrier, uh, which allows your, your brain to actually absorb that, that magnesium. And there's a lot of studies that show, you know, magnesium at night is, is helpful for sleep. So, you know, I don't have any struggles with sleep, but I also want to maximize my sleep, you know, and, and my recovery. So, you know, I take that at night uh, with some other things, um, and, uh, you know, I can, you know, if you go to our Discord server, which, by the way, we, we got to talk about Discord server when we close. Um, but if you just do a, uh, you know, exclamation point, Dave, it'll show you um, all of the uh, supplements that I'm on. If you do exclamation point, Ben, um, it'll show you all the supplements that um, uh, Ben is on. And, uh, you know, again, it's, it's just a reference point for for what um, you need. And it's magnesium L-theonate uh, is the one I was talking about before for the blood brain barrier by, by, bypass. But I also take like, you know, at night I do nit nitric oxide boosters, some studies where your nitric oxide levels in your body are the lowest at night. You know, again, we're going to go down a rabbit hole. While you're in a supplements yeah, rabbit yeah, yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> this is the this is supplements rabbit hole. Avoid, 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 avoid detour. Avoid. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to the new. Uh, we're both very passionate about supplements. And to sort of just to finish up on that, it's like, okay, yeah, you're talking about sleep. Your sleep is fine, but how can we make yeah. it better? How can we optimize it? Because that, to me, at the stage that I'm at in my life and in my training and everything that I do, it's it's how can I make what I'm doing more efficient and better for whether it's sleep, recovery, work, training, whatever. Um, so yeah, and maybe we'll, I'm gonna say maybe we'll do the supplement ones next, but we'll discuss that. We'll discuss that off air because I think we're making too many open promises on air, and then we're like, oh, shit, we said. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, anyway, back to the back to the nutrition side of things. Um, so we touched on how to hit your protein goal, the how to adjust. We've touched on that. Um, I think one thing again, you know, around the top of the pyramid, the way I would sort of look at it would be energy balance at the very bottom, right? So that's your calories. Yes, okay? I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought this up. Energy I'm glad you brought this up because how yeah. you feel is the most important, right? Yeah. Now, if you're on a if you're on yeah, a yeah. diet and you're on keto and, and you have the keto flu and you feel like shit all day long, is that diet worth it? No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Some of the, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just point this out, and I'm, I'm not in any way putting anybody down. I'm in a couple of like keto Facebook groups just to sort of see what actually goes on, and some of the shit that they have to deal with, go through, post about, like, it, it's just, it just does not make any sense to me. Um, just you mentioned keto flu, like I've seen a couple, of, like a number of people point tonight different things that they have that I'm like, why are you doing this? It doesn't need to be this difficult. But anyway, energy balance over to you. Sorry, rabbit hole again. No, it's, 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 you know, the, the, 
this is all about feeling good about yourself and feeling great about yourself, right? If you're, you know, why do this in the first place, right? Why am I doing this? Well, at the end of the day, you know, body perception for me is one thing, confidence. You know, um, I, was, I sent a message to uh, the BC fam. I got to speak at a conference called Gurkhan this this weekend. And, I, you know, it was the first time I'd really been um, up on stage because of the whole pandemic and COVID. And, you know, when I when I went up on stage and this is not a, it's not an ego thing at all. This is absolutely about how I feel about myself. Right. Um, that that and, and I, I walked up on stage and I felt great about myself. I felt strong. I felt confident. And, you know, it was it was a, it was a different feeling getting in front of people than I did a year or two ago. You know, I would always be self-conscious about my weight and how I, you know, all this other stuff about me. Um, and, and I felt fantastic up on stage. I felt energetic. I felt clear. My mental clarity was clear. Um, you know, I felt like I could complete sentences faster and talk about things and make jokes faster, make eye contact, all of these things all at once. You know, my brain is optimized, but my body was also optimized as well. And so when you're on these types of, of, of journeys, how you feel day to day is extremely important. That's why we talk about carbohydrates you know, carbohydrates are your energy source. So you want to have carbohydrates. You you want to eat carbs. You want to, you know, stack carbs within your macro count, uh, macro nutrient, uh, you know, countdown, because that's going to provide the energy for you, especially if you're putting in intense workouts or things to that effect to allow you to continue to have that steady balance throughout the day. And that's why when people are eating unhealthy and things to that effect, they just sit there and they pound coffee all day to keep them away and alert. You don't need that. I mean, granted, caffeine is an amazing stimulant. We're big fans of caffeine. Um, but in its, in its own sense, right. Um, you know, we use caffeine in a way to where it's our pre-workout to where, you know, it gets us a little bit more amped up to be able to perform maybe a little bit better, maybe nominally 3% or 2% or 1% or 0.5% better, but it makes us feel good. Right. Um, but you know, uh, when you're, when you're not eating appropriately, you have that brain fog, you need the continual thing of caffeine to, you know, increase the dopamine production or to block, you know, sleepiness, uh, to get you ramped up. That's, that's where that comes into play. So, you know, when you're doing this, play around with the fat, the carb uh, uh, pieces. You want to get the protein in. Protein is, is immutable. It's not something you want to change. You want to get that amount of protein in order to ensure that you can maximize your muscle growth. But the carbs and fats are ones you can definitely play around with. And I find that for me, more carbs, the better, less fat, the better. Yeah, that's, you know, that's sort of why I give free reign at the start as well. Like, you know, that's why I just give the calorie goal and the protein goal because people have ways that they enjoy and prefer eating and i will let them do that because the whole process needs to be enjoyable there's no you don't want to feel like it's a chore um so it, it allows me to learn because i can get to look at the numbers of their fat and carbs breakdown as we go through but also it gets them to probably understand that they they maybe just prefer to eat carbs and maybe prefer to eat fats people just operate differently based on on what they like i know that matt that i've spoken about he prefers higher fats and I'm like, right, well, you're crazy, but whatever turns you on. Um, and I think it's just, it's about understanding that and knowing it yourself. But the flip side of that as well is, you know, it, it gives me somewhere to go that if we start to hit a plateau and look at, you know, okay, well, why are we not progressing? Then I can start to break down your fats and carbs. That's a bit more. Um, but what you're saying about the, the confidence and the feeling good thing, you know, I laugh sometimes whenever I'm on initial like coaching calls with people, I'm like, tell me what it is you want. And they're like shy about it. And I'm like, tell me, tell me why it is you're here. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't want to be too vain, but I'm like, we're here for vanity. We're here because you want to look and feel good. Like there's no, but okay. Yes, there are. We want to be healthier and, but ultimately it comes down to looking and feeling better. So, you know, there's no need to, to bullshit me on that one. Um, and I think, you know, to get into the positive swing of that, when you feel, when you look better, you feel better you have more confidence. And like you're saying, you know, you can deliver better, which gives the people in the audience, you know, they get more value from what you're doing. And it's just, it's beneficial for everybody. Like I'm sold. I mean, yeah. you know, just, just, just today I went to go um, to a store to go get my wife a, a, a birthday present. I went to a, a jewelry store um, and um, I walked into the jewelry store and the guy had not seen me for a little bit over a year. But he, well, first of all, I don't go to jewelry stores very often. It's not like my, my place to hang out, but, um, <laughs> but the guy walked in and he's like, Hey, Dave, wow. You've been hitting the gym. You look great, man. I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, like that's that's the type of stuff. Like all that work and effort is noticeable, and you know, I feel great about myself. I feel strong. I feel confident. 
um, all of those things come along with that. And, and, and that's the thing that we're ultimately striving for, right, is to maximize our longevity, our health for our kids and our family and feeling great while we go and do it. Just because we get older doesn't mean that we have to succumb to to age. There's so many things out there you know, that we can do to, to be anti-aging, I guess, is the best way of putting it, right? Um, to not succumb to, to being old and, and weak and things to that effect. So, you know, it, 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 nutrition definitely comes down to one of those big aspects of that, right? Of really trying to home in on what works best for your body um, and making sure you stick to it and putting that framework in place to allow you to stick to it. And I think that's where, again, most people fail in those diets is, you know, we go to this diet and, you know, we're done with this diet and all of a sudden we're back to our normal selves and we're, you know, we have no structure program and boom, all of a sudden it's an issue, you know, counting calories, understanding your total daily energy expenditures, putting yourself in a deficit or surplus, getting your macronutrients down. Um, those are all key aspects, uh, I think, to really, um, you know, being successful long-term with this whole strategy. Yeah, I think that, that covers yeah. it. I think we nailed it. Um, the, the thing I'll say next, oh, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say next, we're going to talk about body that will go a lot more in detail into like, you know, the, probably the training aspect of it, but even deeper in terms of like digestion and we'll talk about sleep and things like that. So I think there'll be a couple of like subsections that we can talk in terms of body that we'll, we'll deal with next. Yeah. And, um, you know, just want to say we released our discord server, uh, this week, uh, which should be next week for the folks listening on the podcast. Um, you know, if you're interested, go to wehack.health. There's a link on there to our Discord server. There actually isn't right now, so I'm going to go add that as soon as we get off this podcast, but it'll be there by the time we get it. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we started a great Discord server. It's amazing. Uh, thousands of people have joined. Um, so many great interactions and discussions. People, you know, we, we share our struggles, our, we brag about our workouts, you know, ask questions about nutrition. There's an AMA section for Ben, you know, so there's, there's literally anything that, you know, we have a book club on there, recipes to share, gym equipment, you know, all these different areas, um, you know, to, to help you be successful in this as you start to grow your journey. So join this community. It's great. Some fantastic people there really helping each other out, um, you know, picking each other up. I think up. I'm getting the hang of this. I'm impressed, well. by the way. Dude, I, so yeah, the yeah. one thing I want to say that I was really impressed with that blew my mind um, is that, you know, you know, we're obviously in a different different time zone. And I, I had woken up. And someone had asked about like adding two different channels and you had figured it out and added two channels with the right permissions. I was really impressed about that. I was like, nailed you know, it. he didn't, he I didn't allow it. it to hack, you know, hackers that completely take over our server. Uh, it was actually done right. And uh, it was, you nailed it. It was great. Yeah. Learn from the best. <laughs> <laughs> Join our discord server. The one last thing I want to share um, is, you know, uh, the, the, it's just a funny sidebar it has nothing to do with, with fitness at all. But uh I have one of these, the, I was, I was outside uh, in the gym working out over the weekend and it was, uh, this was Saturday and uh, I have this robot that, um, goes and cleans my house, you know, like this, you know, one of those little vacuum robots or whatever. And, uh, one of my dogs had pooped in the house and the robot grabbed the poop. And, uh, I came back after my workout and it had been going for about an hour and a half or so. And, uh, it was, it was a disaster. So, um, just, a, a it was a literal shit. It show. was a total shit show. It was so bad. Like. Think about the worst case scenario and then amplify that by 10. Um, that's where I literally took the freaking robot and I threw it in the trash. I, there was no cleaning this thing out. It was it was caked in poop. Uh, and and anyways, just be careful. This is my tip of the day is be careful not to uh, let your robot uh, uh, go go uh, unabated in your house while you're going and getting your lift in because uh, it can be disastrous. <laughs> Yeah, watch your robots. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, hey, I thought it was a great podcast, man. Uh, you know, yeah. If yeah. you have any questions, just let us know. Shoot us a, a note. Join our Discord server. The links on the wehack.health website uh, will be shortly. And uh, really appreciate everybody joining. I thought it was a great one. And we can't wait to, to the following week. Yeah, cool. Thanks. And I'll talk to you soon.
poop. Uh, and and anyways, just be careful. This is my tip of the day: is be careful not to uh, let your robot. Uh, uh, go go uh, unabated in your house while you're going and getting your lift in because uh, it can be disastrous. <laughs> yeah, watch your robots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, hey, I thought it was a great podcast, man. Uh, you know, yeah. If yeah. you have any questions, just let us know. Shoot us a, a note. Join our Discord server. The links on the wehack.health website uh, will be shortly. And uh, really appreciate everybody joining. I thought it was a great one, and we can't wait to, to the following week. Yeah, cool. Thanks, and I'll tell you soon.